How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. It's time for a chat with one of our favourites on the overnight crowd. Jasper Chalopa from the Inner Sanctum joins us. G'day, Jasper. Hey there, how are you, mate? Um, it's been a pretty full-on couple of days in sport, especially over in America, so I'm uh, very keen to dive into it. <laughs> Seems to be the time of year, mate, and uh, thank you for the time <laughs> once again. Uh, we'll start with the AFLW. Uh, what did you make of the return of the competition for round one? Oh, I thought it was awesome. The skills um, from Friday night uh, were just through the roof, and um, especially considering how wet you know the, the ground was during and, and before the game there in Frankston. Um, I thought you know the skills were absolutely through the roof and, and no more than uh, Monique Conti, who was uh, you know above and beyond what our what we've come to expect from her. You know she's already a star of the competition, but it looks like she's you know on track to be a best and fairest front runner for the league. Um, Tani White for the Saints as well. Uh, she was awesome um, to watch. I think she's going to be a big riser in in the league this year as well. So um, from the outset, it was awesome. I thought the the Dockers, your your girls, and and the Eagles. I thought that was almost the game of the round for mine, just because of the the pressure. And you know, it was it was through the roof in Fremantle. I thought um, Kiara Bowers probably showed why she's the best player in the competition because she absolutely thrived in that situation <laughs> as well. Unfortunately, it can feel like AFLW and injuries can go a bit hand in hand. And two big name, devastating knee injuries in round one. The Pies, Barry Davey, and from the Bulldogs, Izzy Huntington, both struck down, unfortunately. Yeah, and the Lions, Kate Lockins as well. You can make it three there. Here. Oh, it's, right. it's just devastating news. Yeah. So, Brie Davey, obviously, she did um, her ACL a few years ago, but she's done her ACL and her MCL this time around. Um, I don't know if you saw the photo floating around today. I think the Collingwood Women's might have posted on their socials, but. She was at training today, also took her crutches off and, and was kind of just walking around with her knee brace, handballing the footy. Um, wow. She, obviously, she's a league's best and fairest from last year, but her kind of her courage, her strength, and you know, the, the kind of person she is, we've heard some stories um, from ex-teammates, um, from current teammates as well over the last couple of days. Um, she's an absolute fighter, and she'll be back next year for sure. Um, that's just that's just how she's going to attack her rehab for Izzy Huntington. That's her third one for Kate Luckins coming off that premiership. Um, it's just you know heartbreaking stories all around as well. Coming up this week, uh, we've got some cracking games: uh, Lions v Blues and Cats versus the Dogs. All teams looking to bounce back from opening losses. Uh, can we get your thoughts on uh, those two games quickly? Yeah, the Lions will be wanting to bounce back. Um, obviously, West Coast and Fremantle. Um, they're going to be over in Victoria for the next month, which is going to be really interesting to see how they cope with that. But I expect the Lions to bounce back pretty quickly. Um, uh, I'd probably expect you know, a team like the Bulldogs against the Cats, um, who's you know quite uh, still quite a young team, even though they were really impressive against North. They should get the job done. However, there's some, there's a bit of COVID scares going on with the Dogs. Obviously, they've lost Huntington, their you know, former number one pick. It'll be really interesting to see how they perform because. They were a team I saw sliding down the ladder a little bit um, coming into the season after last year, but um, I think they should get the job done over the Cats. And on the other side, uh, we get some teams looking to go 2-0, and uh, Tigers versus the Demons, the Crows versus the Roos, and the Dockers versus the Giants as well. So some cracking games to, uh, to get into round two of AFLW. Yeah, a few top-of-the-table clashes here, and I think the Tigers and Ds could be an absolute, uh, just a ripper, considering how good... Um, the D's looked, I, I thought their ball movement, um, the way that they were kind of picking apart the dogs and just that precise kicking, taking the first option, I think, is what their coach said after the 
um, after the game, but they looked really impressive forward of centre. Um, but the Tigers equally, they yeah, they obviously converted their chances, but you know they were completely rampant against the Saints in the second half. So I think that could be you know possibly the game of the round on Friday night. News today in AFL men's that former Essendon champion and coach James Hurd has taken up a part-time gig with the yeah. Giants as a leadership advisor. It's so good to see Hurdy back um, in the game. You know, it's been a it's been a long hiatus for him, and obviously we know how it came about. But um, you know he's done his time, and to see him back in the you know, where he belongs in the AFL landscape is so important. Um, it's going to be yeah, a bit of a, a bit of an advisory role from what I hear, but. Um, at the same time, it doesn't matter what he's doing in footy. It's just good to see him wearing a club's uh, polo and, and to be back on a footy ground and just in Australia in general. Um, you know, the, the game's better to have James Hurd in it, one of the greatest of all time. There was some suggestion it was a former docker in Claremont Tiger, Matt DeBoer, who opened the door for it as well. Oh, was it? I haven't heard that. Yeah, but I saw some DeBoer's quotes before. tagging players on the field and, yeah. and bringing in Hurdy <laughs> off it. That's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, good work on and off the field from Matty DeVore there. Uh, to the NBL, the New Zealand Breakers are providing an update today of the team facing the reality, unfortunately, of playing all their home games in Australia with the borders in New Zealand and the complications of navigating them just proving a bit too much. Yeah, well, the Kiwis probably have the strictest border arrangements in the world right now and yeah, we saw it um, across the year in the UFC last year with you know guys like Israel Adesanya considering you know moving out of the country you know where he bases training because you know they, they just can't navigate the border arrangements with uh, New Zealand going to other countries right now. It's going to be the same with the Breakers. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know the sacrifice that they've had to put in to continue the season already last year as well. Now you know for the rest of this year, um, it's no surprise that we've seen you know some big names probably leave that club over the last few weeks, just considering, you know, how difficult it is to be away from family for that long. Um, Principal Singh, you know, the Indian big man, he's gone back home now. They've parted ways. Uh, Peyton Seaver, we know, is a long-term injury, so he's no longer on the on the team. But uh, there's also some some guys who have absolutely flourished in this situation. It's going to prove, you know, really beneficial when a guy like Hugo Besson or Usman Dieng, you know, makes it to the league, the NBA, I think, you know, it'll be really beneficial for a professional environment, but also just to be on the road for this long. Um, it, it's really impressive what, what this young team's gone through. And then to win against the Bullets on Thursday, um, yeah. Yeah, that was a really good game to watch. So, you know, it's been super impressive what the Breakers have been, do, been able to do all around. We can't thank uh, the New Zealand teams enough, I think, across our leagues over here in Australia, can we, for uh, the time they've spent away from home and their families to make our competitions be able to continue on with. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the one that springs to mind as well is the Wellington Phoenix in the, in the A-Leagues. Um, that, you know, that's just an incredible um, sacrifice to make for, for sports. Um, and, you know, we're all, we're all better for it, but, yeah. you know, that's, that's huge by them to actually do it uh, year on year, it seems like. <laughs> The South East Melbourne Phoenix just got stronger as well, adding power forward to Brandon Ashley. He's previously done some work with the New Zealand Breakers and also has had stops at the Mavericks and Atlanta Hawks in the NBA and the G League. So pretty good credentials uh, for the Phoenix new signing. Yeah, he's super versatile. And that's what kind of stands out whenever you watch him. I watched a little bit of his stuff um, in the G League over the years. But these lineups with you know Joe Chi, um, their Chinese big man, absolute superstar, uh, Brandon Ashley now and Mitch Creek playing a bit more like small forwards um, and then Ryan Brokoff can like kind of slide to a guard position. Um, that's incredibly dangerous with Xavier Munford as well. I think uh, you've got a team who can, you know, they're kind of six or seven deep full of stars right now. Cause I didn't even mention, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible what they're able to put out with Carl Adam coming off the bench as well. Um, 
they're gonna they're gonna be the favourite for mine um, throughout the rest of the season. I know how good the Cats have been with their one-two punch of Cotton and Law, but uh, I think the Phoenix um, could be the the ones to beat right now. And well, good NBL news this week as well with the competition planning for seven games in seven days, which gives us a chance to scratch that itch for some NBL basketball. Yeah, Thursday to Wednesday, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, absolute standout matchup for mine is, is going to be the Illawarra Hawks and Melbourne United. Uh, this is this is a huge clash for mine. Brian Goodgen and um, Dean Vickerman is just about as good as it gets in terms of um, head coaches in the NBL. And uh, you know, to watch those two minds go to head head to head with you know some star power on the court, um, I think that's going to be a must watch one um, on the weekend. Hopefully. The Hawks get up because I want to see them, you know, make a good playoff run. They haven't had too much success at Illawarra sides lately, but um, I think the Hawks could, could make some real inroads this season. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think uh, we all want to see that. As we all wanted to see today, the national championship, as it was uh, battled out, <laughs> it was a boil over as well with the well the favourites with the bookies, which is just hard to understand for me uh, after how good Alabama have been all year. But it was the Georgia Bulldogs defeating the machine that is Alabama, thirty three to eighteen. It was a fantastic game. Yeah, first one since the 80s, which is pretty impressive considering, you know, Bama, you know, they win every second year and it's usually just them and Clemson going head-to-head, it feels like, every year. Um, but it's incredible final quarter here. I don't know if you caught it, but the momentum swings, um, this bizarre turnover with Alabama getting the ball back, unknowingly kind of recovering it in the red zone after a, <laughs> a debatable fumble um, from Stetson Bennett, the, the Georgia quarterback, um, we're talking. We're going to be talking about Bryce Young for the next couple of years because, yeah, he's only in his second year. He's in his sophomore year. He's the Heisman winner. He's the number one pick in the 2024 draft. That's already confirmed. Um, he couldn't quite get it done with his two best receivers out. I know you want to talk a little bit about Jamison, but um, you know what he was able to accomplish this year as a as a youngster leading this team was pretty incredible. But I, I loved watching Georgia win this one. I thought it was you know a huge win for um, college sports in general. Yeah, devastating for Jamison Williams, uh, as you were saying there. It really you know, raises that debate of uh, players uh, deferring or not uh, choosing to take part in some of these bowl games if they are you know, rated as highly as Jamison is for the upcoming draft. Uh, in a lot of drafts, he's rated overall about the sixth pick for uh, the next season's draft. So with doing this uh, massive knee injury, it's, uh, yeah, it's a real costly exercise uh, for all involved, isn't it? Yeah, we'll see what the scans come back with, but... Um, he didn't look good on field. You know, he he was kind of he was a non-contact one as we saw in the AFLW a few times over the weekend, and he was changing pace. You know, very quickly. Um, didn't look good. His knee kind of buckled. So I'd expect that's possibly an, an ACL there for him, which you know completely changes the scope of you know the amount of money he's making, what team he's going to in the NFL. Um, if he's even you know selected in the first four or five rounds anymore. Um, it's going to be one to watch. It's it's just absolutely a cruel blow. And, you know, he was also, you know, Bryce's best weapon in the game. And, you know, the outcome could have been very different if he played the entire game as well. So uh, swings around about so what a what a turning point um, for the national championship and then for his, for his career as well. Uh, to the NFL season, which has uh, famously been intoxicated almost all year, and they still really extracted some real hold my beer moments from the week uh, that finished <laughs> up the season. Should we start with your playoff bound 49ers? Yes, sure. Uh, firstly, I cannot believe we actually made it in the end. The, the scene, um, it was, you know, the Niners needed to win to make the playoff um, with the Saints, you know, playing at the same time. They were winning, so. Um, the Saints needed us to lose and them to win. They were, they were winning. They were beating the Falcons pretty comfortably. So the Niners needed to win to make the playoffs. And 
Uh, they're playing the Rams, who needed to win to guarantee, you know, uh, finishing first in their division um, in the NFC West. So, you know, obviously, we saw a 17-0 start with with the Niners going down by two and a half touchdowns. That's, you know, that's pretty standard. But then Jimmy G was kind of throwing like he's got a torn tendon in his hand, um, which he does happen to have right now. Uh, and finally, you know, after about a half of misery and pain and anguish for me watching the game on Monday morning, uh, Debo Samuel rushed in for a touchdown. Then he decided to throw a touchdown. Right. Anything this man can't do. <laughs> uh, and, you know, somehow gets to OT. Uh, we convert a field goal. Avery Thomas picks off Stafford and the Niners make the playoffs. It was one of the most unlikely comebacks I, I could have seen. My good friend Todd Davey and I were sharing some very, very crude texts um, <laughs> about the situation at hand. But uh, uh, I'm pretty pretty happy that we're going to be going into Dallas, um, into Jerry's world and, and taking it right up to the Cowboys next week. Well, it's hard to know what the uh, biggest uh, sort of bed crapping was from a couple of these results, but the Jags (laughs) defeating the Colts and wishing Indianapolis a good night for their playoff hopes uh, certainly is up there. That is absolutely up there. One of the worst losses I've ever seen. The Colts just needed to win to make the playoffs, and they were facing the worst team in the league, possibly the worst team in the last few years as well, Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Carson Wentz looks like... Oh, he looks like Trevor Lawrence out there during the season, and Trevor Lawrence looks pretty good um, against him. It was, you know, it's pretty tough to watch. Um, for the Colts, they're in a they're in a predicament now where they haven't made the playoffs, they don't have their first round pick, um, and they've given up draft concessions to the Philadelphia Eagles because Carson Wentz hit all his goals throughout the season, and then, as you say, crapped the bed in the final few games where the Colts just needed to win one of their last two. Um, it, it just set up one of the most unlikely and bizarre situations in all of sports um, ever where, you know, the Steelers, they were ready to farewell Big Ben in his final game ever. And suddenly they win and they're on the precipice of making the playoffs. <laughs> but that's predicated on the final game of the season where the Chargers and the Raiders, they could both make the playoffs at, you know, at the cost of Big Ben and the Steelers. But the, the thing that made it so interesting was that both both of them just needed to tie to get in. It was, it's a completely bizarre situation that we saw that um, headed into OT in the final game of the season. Yeah, and on that, so the, the Chargers blowing it. The Raiders uh, happy to go the knee. Uh, it seemed to finish with a tie, which would have seen both teams <laughs> through, but they call a timeout, and from there it goes a little bit differently. Yeah, so well, firstly, to, to even get to OT, Justin Herbert, one of the, the best quarterbacks in the league, and he's only you know, 22, 23 years old, he was converting, I think, four or five fourth downs in the final quarter just to take it to OT. They got in the end zone there. Um, the end of overtime, as you're, as you're alluding to there, he does, the Raiders are in field goal range. Um, I, think it was, I think it was a third and short situation where the Raiders were kind of looking to run out the clock and take the tie because that was the best way to guarantee that they make the playoff. But, you know, Brandon Staley, the, the Chargers head coach, he decided to call a timeout um, in the case that the Raiders... You know, took a timeout, converted a field goal. He'd at least have um, his team, you know, given given an opportunity to 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 return a punt for a touchdown or something to actually win the game. So the Raiders now, with more time on the clock, realise that they have to convert the third down or risk losing if they leave time on the clock. So um, they decided to, you know, convert that. Obviously, um, Carson, their kicker, he's an absolute star. He converted the field goal as time expired, and the Raiders won. Steelers in, Raiders in, Chargers out. Um, one of the most bizarre and you know exciting finishes to a regular season ever. 
Uh, it just, uh, yeah, the twists just kept coming, didn't they? The uh, whole watch uh, of that slate of games uh, all at the same time and then waiting on that last one. But imagine being a Steelers fan, waiting on that and then finding out you're, you're playing again next week. Yeah, absolute heart palpitations. And they were celebrating so hard after the game because they were just like, surely it wouldn't be a tie. You know, what are the, what are the odds that it's, an actual, it's actually a tie in the final game of the season so we, we miss out? So they were celebrating in the locker room. Uh, Mike Tomlin was celebrating in the locker room. Oh, yeah, that was good. Uh, but it, it was a pretty, you know, it's nice to see Big Ben actually make the playoffs. I think that's pretty exciting to, to watch as a, as a fan of football in general. All right, how about we uh, get some quick tips for Wild Card Weekend? Uh, we'll start uh, chronologically speaking. Raiders versus Bengals, they're up first. Yeah, so this was the perk of the Raiders actually winning. They wouldn't be playing the Chiefs. They're playing the Bengals now. Not much easier, but I would say yeah, they're a little bit more of a chance. I'll still stick with the young guns, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, to get the job done here. Um, the Bengals are going to, you know, they, they rested their stars um, this week, which is a huge benefit for them having locked up their um, winning position in the um, AFC. But uh, the Raiders, you know, the Raiders are a pretty talented team and, and Josh Carr's a, a pretty talented quarterback. I think this will be a good game to watch. I just think the Bengals have a bit too much firepower. Uh, Pat, stake on the Bills and uh, no foldable tables are safe in the northeast of the USA around this clash, <laughs> are they? No, not at all. Uh, the Bills one of the best uh, fan bases in, in world sport, I would say. Um, and this is going to be a great rematch. I think you know, I don't expect the conditions to be too favourable for either quarterback. So it could be a lot of uh, running on the ground, as we saw with the last time these two teams played. Um, the series is one and one uh, and I think the Bills just have a little bit too much, but you can never discount Bill Belichick in the past. Yeah, that's, uh, isn't that the truth? Uh, the Philly take on the Bucks. Uh, who's your tip in this one? Well, this one's probably the most one-sided, I'd say. I, I think... You know, Philadelphia, I'm not sure how they even made it in in the end. Um, you know, obviously, <laughs> we're hoping Jordan Maialata has a fantastic game. We're hoping Aaron Tupos doesn't need a punt um, and the Eagles get up. But you know, this is Tom Brady we're talking about and the Bucks win this one pretty easy. Uh, your boys, the Niners, uh, against the Cowboys. Uh, you sounded pretty confident uh, just a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, game of the round. Jerry's World will be um, decked out in red as it usually is this time of year because the Niners travel very well. Uh, I think this could be an absolute shootout. This could be you know, 30 plus each side because I can't see our secondary defending Dak Prescott and CD Lamb too well. But, uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs has given up the most yards of any cornerback in the league. And if he's matched up with Debo Samuel, I think he'll put up 200 yards. So uh, this will be absolutely must watch on Monday morning. Um, I'll tip the Niners because I am incredibly biased, but yeah, the Cowboys have put together a very good season. <laughs> Sounds that way, mate. Uh, the Ben Roethlisberger retirement tour takes another turn and they play the Chiefs, but surely not, Jasper. Surely not this time. <laughs> yeah, this would probably be a blowout. Um, if Big Ben could actually throw into the uh, Chiefs secondary, I think they'd be a bit nervous, but you know, he, unfortunately he can't in his old age, so I think the Chiefs <laughs> get this done pretty easy. <laughs> and finally, the Cardinals uh, versus the Rams. Which way are you going for uh, this clash, which rounds out uh, the wild card weekend? Yeah, so these two teams are effectively playing for home field advantage in that final game of the season. The Rams lost in the end, as we know, but the Cardinals couldn't capitalise and they decided to lose to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, interesting one. I'm not too sure, actually. The Cardinals were so good in the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, the Rams were right there behind them. Both teams are in really bad form right now, but I think you know the additions to the Rams squad. Um, you know, surely one of them turns up. Surely Jalen Ramsey has a big altering play. Um, maybe you know 
Khalil Mack actually decides to to rock up. Sorry, Von Miller actually decides to rock up, um, or Aaron Donald just makes a huge play. Um, I think the Rams get it done just. And finally, uh, just quickly, a question without notice. Uh, does anyone uh, try and uh, take on AB uh, this week uh, to add him to uh, potentially a championship run? God, I hope not. Uh, you see, he's in. Uh, I think last week we talked about how he was in Brooklyn yeah. you know, courtside to watch KD in the Nets. This week he's in LA chatting to uh, Kanye West and hanging out with him. So I don't know what that man's Jeez. up to, but it's not football. <laughs> it's a life, though, that's for sure. Uh, we'll finish on some NBA, oh, yeah. mate. Uh, how good was Clay Thompson's return for the Golden State Warriors? You have to be up and about with that one. Yeah, this was Monday as well. So what a day for the Bay Area. What a day for Bay Area sports in general with the Niners and the Warriors. Um, Man, I miss Clay so much. I know, you know, the entire NBA missed him so much as well. But he came in, he put up about 20 shots in 20 minutes. He had the first bucket of the game for the Warriors. Um, He looked his normal self, which is all you wanted out after, you know, 950-odd days out of the game. You know, it's nearly nearly three years out of the game, which is just ridiculous to think about. Um, To come back and to look his old self was pretty awesome. I think the biggest question mark is probably going to be on his defense, his lateral movement, his quickness, that kind of stuff. He used to, you know, he was one of the best defenders in the league, uh, you know, during his you know prime. Um, this Warriors side, though, they add another piece to their championship pursuit, um, and they have the they have the cap space and you know possibly a contract like Wiggins or Wiseman to you know make a big splash of the trade deadline as well, which is pretty crazy to think about for a team this good already. Uh, hard to keep the high standard we've maintained uh, for the Wizard of Oz, Josh Giddy, but he's still out there blowing minds every night, isn't he? Even if we're not quite getting our uh, triple doubles that we're chasing. He sure is. And, you know, we, we were talking about when he'd get that triple double. He finally got it. Now I think we need to talk about him winning every single Western Conference Rookie of the Month okay. this season. Right. I think it's, I think it's going to possibly happen. He's won the, uh, well, you know, an October slash November one because it was half of October in the NBA season. He just won the December one. He started January off with a triple-double. Um, I think he's going to win this one as well. It's early in the month, of course. But if he stays healthy, if he stays out of COVID protocols, I think he can get the job done. Um, there's not that much competition in the West, so that would be a pretty awesome achievement um, for Giddy. You know, he, I think what he's shown over the last week has probably been um, just really good transition. He's, he's picked up the pace a little bit. He used to be you know, quite a half-court guy, but I think he's starting to grow in confidence with his teammates. And, uh, you know, once he starts, you know, throwing those full-court passes, as we see LaMelo Ball do, um, you know, he's going to be absolutely unstoppable. Your NFL guys are going well in the 49ers and the NBA uh, NBA guys that you follow looking pretty hot as well. The uh, Hornets today with a 103-99 to win over the Bucks. Yeah, a little mini-series we have with the Bucks, two games in three days or four days or something. Uh, and we swept them. We, we got them both which is, you know, incredibly surprising for one, uh, but also very welcome. Uh, with the trade deadline approaching, as I said, uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Hornets make a make a splash and, and try and target a centre because Mason Plumley, as we know, probably isn't it. Clint Capella might be available. Miles Turner, Yusuf Nurkic. One of these guys, um, I think, you know, could be on the radar of, of John Cookshack. And, of course, uh, we love your work at the Inner Sanctum, Jasper, but we did see that you caught up with Lauren Jackson in the last little bit as well, arguably the greatest basketballing talent this country has ever produced. Uh, what was that like? Not arguably, Heater. That's confirmed. <laughs> Not up for debate. Even though Paddy Mills is you know, playing out of his skin right now, Lauren Jackson is a you know, two-time champ, an MVP, multiple WNBA titles, um, a Hall of Famer, obviously. You know, she's obviously the greatest 
Australian basketballer of all time. Arguably the greatest female international basketballer of all time, I'd say as well. But yeah, got to chat to her, which was, you know, one of, uh, you know, she's one of my idols. So that was, you know, pretty special for mine. Um, and, you know, it was a really, really interesting, pretty, pretty open com- conversation about, you know, what retirements looked like for her. Um, you know, she obviously retired after that ACL and the, and the staph infection in her knee. Um, and it's just, you know, struggled with, chronic pain, struggled um, just to get back onto the court to, you know, play with her, her two sons, um, you know, just one-on-one and, and that kind of stuff she was mentioning um, without, you know, being on pain meds uh, just to deal with that chronic pain. So, uh, you know, she kind of talked me through how uh, she had a chat with Sue Bird, her, her old teammate from the from the Seattle uh, Storm, who's just announced that you know, she's going to go around one more year as well, but um, about medicinal cannabis because Sue Bird uses it over in the States and, uh, LJ started using it here and, and she says, you know, it's changed her life, the CBD, or it just lets her train every day. Um, and one of the quotes from her was, a little part of me wonders if I could still play. So wow. if we see Lauren Jackson back in the WNBL or something, imagine that. That would be absolutely crazy. <laughs> that would be unbelievable, mate. And, uh, yeah, it was a great read. And, uh, yeah, congratulations on it and uh, all of your work as well, Jasper. And thanks for the time once again, mate, on the Overnight Crowd. We'll continue to follow along with that work at the Inner Sanctum. Much appreciated here. I saw you got uh, my good friend Alex Catalano on last night. Uh, no one knows that AFLW better than that, man. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping that's a, that's a long-term thing because he's an absolute superstar as well. Oh, blew me out of the water, mate. And, uh, yeah, offered him a uh, <laughs> weekly spot on the uh, spot there. So, uh, he will definitely be joining us uh, every Monday to talk AFLW. So thanks very much for the assist on that one. And, uh, thanks for joining us once again. Beautiful work, mate. That was Jasper Chalopa from The Inner Sanctum. Uh, make sure you go and check out his work at The Inner Sanctum and you can uh, also check in on that fantastic chat he did with the greatest basketballer Australia has ever produced. I'll update my uh, little uh, rap on Lauren Jackson there. So make sure you go and check out Jasper's uh, chat with Lauren Jackson and uh, we'll also continue to have Jasper joining us on Tuesday nights on The Overnight Crowd. But there's plenty of time for you to join us on The Overnight Crowd as well. 0433 is the number in studio to do so on the text line or 1300 736 736 if you want to jump on and let everyone hear your lovely opinions all around Australia, across New Zealand and around the world on the SEN app. This is your opportunity to do so on the Overnight Crowd on SEN. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.